Okay, recording here on a Tuesday night after the Patriots. God, I don't know what you call that. I think my headline was pulverized. Let's stick with pulverized. 33-14 to 14 against the Bears. We are going to wash our hands at this game very quickly because the Patriots have to move on to the Jets. This is what they're going to be saying. And truth be told, that game on Sunday in New Jersey means a whole hell of a lot more than Monday. As big as this game seems, not because of the final score, bad losses happen, but because of the quarterback situation, which in my mind was brought on by bad coaching, which is obviously a typical New England, and really just spirals into what it was surely just a stellar day on talk radio today. Meanwhile, I was basically in this room where I am now, watching all the film, recharting all the plays, filling in my notes that I missed from last night, going, what the hell happened here? So we have the standard rundown, good, bad, what would NFL film say, no game balls today. Uh, and then we're going to get your mailbag questions. But before we get to that, obviously we need to start under center because Mac Jones gets the start. And as we get closer to game time, there are trickles coming out of, don't be surprised, Adam Schefter said, if Bailey Zappi plays, which was a little weird because normally as an insider, you would just come out and report, hey, Bailey Zappi's going to play today. And then midway through the game of the broadcast, Troy Aikman saying, oh, it's not surprising that Zappi comes in after Mac Jones throws an interception on his third drive. And then Lisa Salters learns that Mac Jones is supposed to play in the second half when Belichick is breaking out from halftime, and we never see him. This is all very strange. And the strangest part about it, of course, is that Bill Belichick, master of PR and the media, et cetera, et cetera, and having the same message, of course, is not giving out the entire reasoning or thought process. I asked him, why is this more complicated? Just this morning in a press conference on Tuesday, more complicated than playing the best player if Mac is healthy. And health is the key part here. I'm not saying that Mac Jones played well on Monday night. Of course, it was garbage. It was bad. The thing is, though, the reason he started within a pre-planned rotation, and I can't confirm talking to people within the team, the Patriots intended to rotate Mac Jones and Billy Zappi on Monday night, take off the tinfoil hats, uh, shut off Felger and Maz. That's the truth, is that they wanted to protect him from re-aggravating the injury. Pro Football Talk reported that Mac Jones persuaded Belichick to let him play after pushing for weeks. And again, he was pushing the week after suffering this injury when people can hardly walk, including him, from suffering high ankle sprain. Eventually, he pushed Bill over the goal line with the stipulation that Belichick said, we're going to rotate you. Because the Patriots saw the Bears, yes, as the most important opponent because of the next one on the schedule, but a team they were going to attack what similarly, whether it was Bailey Zappi under center or Mac Jones. So they said, we'll mitigate the injury risk by rotating the two. We'll run the hell out of the ball, play solid defense against a team that cannot pass and get the hell out of there. Well, of course, none of that happened, including even the rotation, because as Belichick told us this morning on Zoom and then yesterday at his press conference, he didn't put Mac Jones in the second half because the game had gotten out of hand. And you could debate whether it's worth as a three and three team chasing a 19-point deficit with almost a full quarter to play, understanding you lose, you go to three and four, where they are now. You have two divisional games, which if you lose both of them, adios playoff hopes, specifically in this division, which is stacked and you're still in the basement of. But they didn't do that. They waved the white flag and moved on to the Jets. So it seems safe to say that Mac Jones is not 100%. And this is important to the Patriots because anytime Belichick was asked about it this morning, he's saying, I'm not going to answer that. It's a hypothetical question. If Mac Jones is healthy, is he the starter? Wouldn't touch it. 
was Mac Jones healthy enough to play the second half last night? Not a hypothetical, still wouldn't touch it. So their chief concern, it seems to be, not having him re-aggravate this injury, which is wise. Because if Mac Jones goes down for the season, he's taking the Patriots down with him. The trouble is the messaging on this has been unclear, and even to the players inside the locker room. Now, I'm not of the belief or expectation that Bill Belichick should be sharing every part of the plan with every player on the roster, okay? Jack Jones and Demarcus Mitchell don't really need to know what's going on in the quarterback's room. However, the noise is now not just outside the building. It's in one Patriot place, talking to people like Jacoby Myers, whose quote was taken out of context that I tried to put back into context, talking to him personally. He took issue with the crowd and the exception in the whole situation around Mac benching, Max benching, not Mac being benched. But the point stands that there's some uncertainty about who the quarterback is for the Patriots. And that uncertainty belongs to the Patriots. Not to mention Mac Jones is the captain. He's a second-year player that Bill Belichick pumped up all, all over the summer and is someone who has had input in revising this offense. It seems clear to me, or it should be clear, that once Mac Jones is cleared in 100%, this is his job and he should run away with it. We're not there yet because he had to play within a rotation, but giving him three series and not allowing him to reestablish the rhythm that's necessary after missing four weeks of playing football, like forget not doing anything you do on a regular basis for four weeks and then just picking it back up. This could even be running, right? Like you're not going to have your wind back. Your legs are going to be sore. Now imagine that thing is playing tackle football in the NFL. Okay. Naturally Mac is going to need some time to get reacclimated. Well, that time went punt, punt, interception. And the interception was real bad, real, real dumb, really really bad but I said this if not on this podcast on TV last week that the point of Monday night's game was not to win pretty not to blow out the Bears it was get Mac Jones to knock off the rust that had been accrued over the previous four weeks that didn't happen and now he has to go on the road against the Jets team that's playing well despite poor quarterback play and is five and two in a hostile environment with a pass rush that's starting to turn things up on an offensive line now for New England which is likely to be without David Andrews, who is in concussion protocol and has a backup right tackle on Marcus Cannon, who, even if you don't like Isaiah Wynn, is still a backup right tackle. And so to me, it was just a half measure. Belichick's decision to make this a rotation, and he doesn't want to explain it fine. A little secret, he does not give a shit about what I think, about what you think. His message to the team, I can guarantee you on Wednesday, is to say, None of this outside noise matters. He might even admit to making a mistake because he said today the rotation didn't work out. But he'll say it doesn't matter. We're moving forward. The only information you need to know or care about is the one that I give to you because here we're going to work and we're going to move forward and try to win on Sunday. Everything else, forget about it. The people who need to know will know, and that's it. But half measures don't work in the NFL. Either Mac Jones was healthy enough to start and that means he should have played the entire game, knock the rust off, be someone who's capable of running a two-minute drill or no huddle in the second half when the Patriots were down by 19 with a quarter to go and just threw up a white flag. Someone who could push the ball downfield without perfect protection, okay? And yeah, there have been some turnovers. But the only way you get through those is by continuing to play. Or, or he wasn't healthy enough to play, and your concerns about reaggravating the injury should have just stashed him all together. Because you saw how those concerns, both on Mac's part and the coaches, 
affected the offense as it goes through. You look at that first drive. First of all, Trent Brown's holding penalty was as good as a sack. Statistically, any drive with a holding penalty, you know, 80 to, I think it's 85, 86% of them just knocked out, done. They're not going anywhere. But Mac Jones starts out of the pocket on third and 11, a little prematurely. Scrambles, short of sticks, they punt, not a big deal. But there's no way that him getting out of there a second too early is not tied to my ankles exposed the first time in a real way in a really long time. The second series, third and 10, Matt Patricia has Mac Jones in the shotgun. What does he do? Doesn't keep it in Mac's hands. He has the ball and a handoff going left. And then on the third drive, as we all saw with the interception, after a good throw to Hunter Henry, after a couple other scrambles against man-to-man coverage, which are great calls by Mac, he throws, again, one of the ugliest interceptions of his very young career at the first sign of pressure off of his back foot. What are you doing? Even Jaquan Brisker, the recipient of this interception, said he was shocked by it. The problem is you play through that because otherwise you're dealing with this bad offense where the coaches are mindful of the ankle and Mac was clearly mindful of the ankle and you're both holding yourselves back. Meanwhile, the Bears are going full out behind Justin Fields as they probably should have been with more design quarterback runs than they had used all year. Okay. You're using RPOs, screen, play action, rollout, stressing the Patriots defense in the same way that Baltimore did and similar to what Green Bay did when they both ran for close to 200 yards. Well, the Bears went well past that. They went to 243, and they could have had more if they didn't choose mercy at the goal line of that game. Now, I said we're going to move on quickly, but the point is this quarterback controversy and the way that Chicago used Justin Fields and supported him and let him go through and work through any sort of initial mistakes, even dating back to earlier this season. And the way the Patriots tried to have their cake and eat it too with Mac Jones was, was fated to be a problem from the beginning, because let's even say that Mac Jones goes out there and they, they get a 17, nothing lead, two touchdowns and a field goal after his three first three drives. What is the message sent to that sideline when Bailey Zappi trots in and Hunter Henry and Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, everyone on defense is going, we didn't expect this. What the hell is going on? Because then you fall back and let's say the, the Bears climb back. I mean, they scored 33 points. They had a great game plan. They're going to score no matter who's playing quarterback for the Patriots. And it gets to be a close game. And the Patriots lose a close game instead of a blowout. Everyone is going back and circling. Bailey Zappi coming in for Mac Jones going, what the hell was that about? And it's a pre-planned rotation, which didn't even come to fruition because of how bad the rest of this game is. Hey guys, just a quick break from a football podcast to remind you basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores, plus giveaways, free giveaways all season long. You can always find the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, including the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Yes, yes, they're still playing golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50%, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50. Again, that's CLNS50 to receive your rewards at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now to your regular scheduled post-game podcast. Um, well, let's end on this. Again, I told you that people I talked to confirmed that it was a pre-planned rotation. 
it is not because they see Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi as being very close in terms of caliber of quarterback. We've talked about it here in past weeks. I just touched upon it now. The menu with Bailey Zappi shrinks in terms of play calls and how you can operate, even running a no-huddle drill or a two-minute, okay? So he needs to start, and I would expect him to start against the Jets. I think it would take an injury at this point to keep him off the field. Do I feel 100% about that? Would I bet my life? No, because this was one of the weirder games from coaching decisions and handling of the quarterback and the messaging that I've had since I started covering the team, which since 2018, which is not a whole lot, but that's all I can speak to. And it has been one very weird week, but I would still expect Mac to start on Sunday against the jets, which is a big game. Um, all right. Starting with the good look, we're just going to highlight one player here because he was outstanding. He leads the NFL in sacks with eight and a half. He had two and a half on Monday. That's Matt Judon also had three hurries, a quarterback hit, this guy is going to be an all-pro, and he is the best version of himself right now, which is what the Patriots need from a lot of defenders and are not getting, frankly, if they have a hope of kind of making a surprise run. Now, they can't even think about a surprise run before they can walk down to Jersey and walk back with a win and get back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. But if they do, you can count on Matt Judon at least being in Zach Wilson's face, which is very key because after Mac Jones, the only quarterback worse under pressure this year – would be Zach Wilson. As for the bad, let's just say everything else, because we've already talked about this game a whole lot. I'll just add in a little bit more of the coaching defensively. Their plan was basically we're going to load the box and not just in terms of numbers, but in terms of the type of players, they played more three, four base defense than they had by far in any other game this year. It was 23 snaps, which was just over a third of the ones that they took. I think that's even higher than any game last year and if it wasn't it was probably the win against Tennessee when of course you're rolling up you know Titans didn't have Derrick Henry for that game but like you know how they want to play offense and you just meet strength with strength it didn't work okay and they didn't have any solution which the other opposite part of the spectrum was on third down instead of going three four they're going to go seven defensive backs and they're going to try to contain Justin Field well we all saw how that worked two scrambles for a third down the quarterback run game where he's running a pin and pull sweep to the left gets a first down, and then he scores a touchdown. Like, they just didn't have any answers, and that's something Judon himself said. So it's everything. It starts with coaching, I think, on both sides of the ball. You have to look at the defense tackles, Devon Gottschow um, and Carl Davis, and then at the second level, Jelani Tavai, Juwan Bentley, and Jamie Collins, who starts, who which kind of says everything you need to know about the state of the linebacking core. It was really bad. They were running sideline to sideline and chasing plays like we saw in Green Bay, when the Packers had a great plan and hammered those C gaps, which we talked about outside the offensive tackles and inside of the tight ends. And they just can't get there. They're beaten to the corner. And those are just free and easy yards that the bears took all day long. Lastly, Jake Bailey, and you could go by standard numbers or some stuff at PFF where he is ranked 32nd dead last in the league in terms of hang time and yards covered and net yards. It's been really bad. It's not the reason they lost, but you know, we're going to go a little bit deeper here in the podcast, even if it means punting, uh, on a Wednesday morning when this comes up and everyone doesn't want to hear anymore about the worst loss of the season. So that brings us to what would NFL films say uh, weekly segment where we kind of, you know, project what the season and review video would look like. NFL films used to do this for every single season, including the 95 Patriots, not the Super Bowl team, but the year before. And so look, this was all teed up for historic Belichick pass with George Hallis. He does it against the bears couple of highlights, skip to the press conference, talk to the players, put everything in historical context. 
Instead, I think this is, you know, they might do a, the ghost of George Hallis wouldn't let it happen against his old team. But the Bears reminded the Patriots of the power of just straight up physical football because all they did was stop the Patriots run game, the one that we talked about this entire time, bowl the Patriots over with a good game plan. And defensively, Matt Eberflus, you know, again, fits the style of a Bears coach, right? Defense first, disguise coverage, just same stuff he did when he was a defensive coordinator in Indy last year and the Patriots went in and lost to the Colts. And I think for the Patriots, it has to be some sort of wake-up call. You might get the old Justin Fields, Mac Jones, um, touch they hadn't seen each other since the national championship game. Very different result this time around when Mac, of course, in Alabama beat Ohio State. But I think I don't think NFL films is spending a whole lot of time on this game. Uh, let's just put it like that. So game balls, no. Okay, we need to talk so-and-so. Um, instead of the game balls is like, look, we got to sit down. Uh, you just got to look at the whole defensive run. I mean, it's bad. I just said it. Jamie Collins starting says all you really need to know about the state of this defensive front. Bentley can play better. Gotcha can play better. Can play better. It's just a matter of the margin of error is so thin right now for this team. You're three and four in the stack division with the Dolphins at four and three, Jets at five and two, Bills at six and one. You have to play the Buffalo Bills twice later this year. Okay, let that sink in as we wrap up 33 to 14 against the Bears. On to the mailbag. Okay, all of these are from Twitter. Um, we had a lot that I did not get to. If I didn't get to you, uh, I'll do my best to do that when we have our preview pod coming out on Friday. Leaving off with Ryan. Ryan notes that Ted Johnson, friend of the pod, um, said that Mac will never forget how the crowd treated him, chanting Zappy, Zappy, after the end of his drive and then the start of Bailey's first drive. Um, you know, does that, do I agree with that? And does it have any sort of impact? Ryan, I would say, sure. Yeah. I, I think Mac will take that personally to some degree. How could you not? It's, a, it's first of all, a terrible memory as far as football goes. So you're not going to forget many of those details, especially when you play just 18 snaps. But I think what it does for Mac is it underscores how fragile and fickle, you know, you're a fickle fans can be, but fragile the state of playing and living in the NFL can be. I mean, this is a guy who I think Belichick was not declaring the starter publicly as a way to kind of motivate or tweak him. You know, when things are behind the scenes are a little bit tense about how best to run the offense. Second year kid and Mac thinks he knows best because he's generally the smartest guy in the room as far as he, you know, growing up in football. Um, but I, I, I don't think it sticks with him long-term. He might keep that to himself. But I think ultimately he has to be more concerned with throwing another interception and being two and seven in his last nine starts, during which time he's had 10 touchdowns and 11 picks. And I think when he says that's his focus and repeatedly, I need to play better, that will be more of his focus. But if he turns it around, the story might end up being, you know, a year from now, he makes his first pro ball. You'll see some like Sunday NFL countdown special or highlight package on this and the old clips and the chance come back because yeah, these are proud men. And things like that don't happen very often. Uh, Darren on Twitter, thoughts on going six to seven defensive backs versus a run-heavy offense and team. Now, look, like I mentioned, uh, or maybe I didn't, it's been a long last day, uh, three hours of sleep. The Patriots going seven defensive backs on third down. This was the opposite end of the spectrum. I did mention this. Um, I think it was a good call on, on third and long. Look, you need to match speed with speed. Justin Fields wants to scramble, okay? He wants to drag these plays out. You can't have... Bentley and Tavai chasing him down on third down. And what they did was they rushed three and they dropped eight, all seven of those DBs plus linebacker. 
And the trouble was, I think, because the Patriots hadn't really used that package a whole lot, I think they just had one snap in the previous six games. What you saw in the second drive when Justin Fields completes a pass against his package there in deep zone coverage is that Kyle Duggar wasn't used to playing, you know, the linebacker, if you can imagine, uh, Tampa 2, which is a cover two defense, two deep safeties, and then, you know, short zones across with one linebacker goes straight up the middle of the field, you know, between the two deep safeties to protect against what's normally a weakness in that coverage. So Duggar doesn't get enough depth there in the middle. And it's because, hello, he's not playing middle linebacker very much or playing the mic or in that sort of zone. And so the Bears take advantage. And I think, again, it was a good idea. It's just a good reminder that, you know, the Patriots and their coaches or any coaches anywhere can draw up a ton of different things on the whiteboard, but it's about how can you execute them on the field and have your your players bring them to life because the Patriots didn't do a very good job of that. They use it on the first third downs of the first and second drives. Uh, the Bears ran on like third and 10 in the first, you know, the first third down and gained eight or so. Then they give up uh, a first down on the second one on the play. I just mentioned Duggar doesn't get enough depth with his drop and zone. This is on my Twitter. If you're upset that I'm not drawing on the whiteboard uh, behind me on YouTube, it was a good plan. It just wasn't well executed. And I think they can go back to that. It's just going to be specific against quarterbacks like this, who, as we touched on, have really hurt them because the bears ran a lot of similar designs that the Ravens had week three, copied and pasted um, again, plays you can see on my Twitter, but it, it happened on their second drive. They didn't waste any time going against that base defense. As far as six and seven defensive backs, they were only uh, five snaps of the seven defensive back package. And let me find my notes here. Uh, they were in dime, not a whole lot. I want to say maybe five snaps. Oh, three. So 4% of their snaps were in dime and then five with a dollar or a quarter, whatever you want to call it. Last one. Oh, biscuits. Uh, big fan of the pod. Did the Patriots lose more last night than just a game? Uh, so basically how bad is it with the quarterback situation? I don't think anyone knows yet. Um, I'm not of the belief that this is some sort of turning point in their season or the kind of cataclysmic you know, effects of this game will be felt and, you know, uh, throughout the rest of the year. I think it has that potential. I just think as far as coaches go in handling controversy, um, Bill Belichick's at the top of that list. And even if he created it on his own with this delayed messaging or not announcing Mac as a starter, uh, even though the Patriots believe him to be the better quarterback, you know, they can survive this. I, I just ran through it a few minutes ago. When he gets in that room on Wednesday morning, team meeting, EDM, how they start every single week, introducing the opponent, breaking down the coaches, the schemes, the philosophies, the keys, the clips, video. He does a whole presentation. He's going to talk about this because he wants the message to be the same later in the day when people like me and reporters go in the locker room and talk about it. And I think he's done this before. He's handled worse. I just think the bottom line is they need to win. And I think what they'll have lost on Monday night, if anything, beyond just a game, is a winnable game. Like, again, you know, we talk about margin for error. Three to four, you can lose at most two to three more games and feel good about your playoff chances. Four and probably not in a, you know, less loaded AFC. But that's a game where I think you look back on and regret. And that's all you've done. You have to walk a really narrow path now through the rest of your schedule. Mind you, they're also at a point in the season that Belichick says, yeah, we know what we have by now. And what you have is a three and four team. So, Maybe it's motivation, but ultimately, I think you just look at this as a lost opportunity. And it's not the end of the season, but if it starts to snowball, Mac Jones has to be in a rotation, which I think would be a huge mistake 
then then it becomes more. But as of right now, right now in this moment, uh, not just yet. So that'll do it for Patriots Bears recap. Appreciate anyone who stuck through the end of that. I would understand if you wanted to skip. If you are still staying, uh, hanging around, please hit us up on iTunes and Spotify five-star five reviews or just ratings. Always, always appreciate it as we continue to build on here in the pod and tweak you know our format and our guests and add new people and bring back some old ones. If you like any particular guests we've had back on, Jeff hadn't been on in months. Mike Giardi's been on multiple times. Fitzy, as you know, uh, feel free to holler at me. I, I want to bring people back that you want to listen to. I enjoy talking to all of them. They're great friends and they're great at what they do. Um, but as far as that goes, you know, that's for next time. So we'll see you on Friday. They're onto the Jets. We will soon be onto the Jets. Patriots three and four. But um, they, uh, last I checked, they were favored in Vegas. And okay, sometimes even though the Pats might have been favored by eight on Monday night, that's a good sign that things aren't always as dark as they seem. But until then, I need a beer. You need a break. And uh, we'll see you later this week.